to the Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Patra, flying solo for this wonderful Monday card that we have here. It's April 25th, three playoff games on the docket. Flying solo, my good buddy Harris, not feeling too well. Might have caught a flu bug. Gonna be, uh, he's going to be uh, on, the I, on the IL if you're a baseball fan, or uh, he's going to be out. Uh, questionable at best for Wednesday right now hopefully our guy can uh he can get a little bit better but nonetheless the show must go on it's not gonna feel right talking about his Raptors without him but he's gonna have to tune in listen and uh and hopefully hopefully I can do as good a job as he does when it comes to the Raptors but before we jump into anything quick shout out to our presenting sponsor over at Thrive Fantasy guys come prop up with us over there this NBA season Thrive is the number one Daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, we limit it to countless hours of research and focus only on the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Now, how do you play? You choose 10 of 20, 10 of 20 available player prop bets to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and under based on how likely it is to hit. You hit the most props, rack up the most points, and win your share of a prize pool. Now, when you sign up, use that promo code ETHOS, that is E T H O S, and receive a 100% instant first deposit match on up to $100. Again, that is promo code ETHOS, E-T-H-O-S, for that 100% instant first deposit match on up to $100. So, first game of the night, we have the Boston Celtics. They are traveling to Brooklyn, taking on the Nets here. So, we'll get to the injury report. Joe Harris, Ben Simmons, both ruled out. Celtics, good to go. Robert Williams returned in that last one, came off the bench. Likely see his minutes reduced and limited, uh, and obviously that's going to have a big impact on kind of the the makeup on this slate. I mean we we've been targeting that front court for the better half of the first round. You know, Thies may draw another start, but as Williams slowly progresses back, those minutes are going to come directly from Thies. So you've got to keep an eye on that situation just to see if there's any news on whether or not he's going to be restricted. Well, he's going to be restricted, I'm sure, but how much is he going to be restricted? Two twenty and a half game total. Brooklyn being favored by one and a half points. They're expecting them to finally do something, I guess. But we'll start off here at the Celtics. Tatum coming in at 95. Not going to argue with the price tag. I think that's probably pretty appropriate, especially coming off of the game that he just had where he put up 39 actual points, six assists, five boards with six steals. I think the more shocking number is that he took 29 shot attempts with 13 of those coming from three. Only knocked down those three-pointers at a 30% clip. Still had an overall fantastic night. Uh, I'm probably going to pass on Tatum. I'm just not going to chase a 60-point game when we have probably about four or five other people on this slate fully capable of doing the same exact thing, Uh, one of them even being cheaper. So I'll take a pass on him, but I do like that Jalen Brown price tag at 8,200. I mean, he's been nothing short of consistent. We're pretty much getting 40 DK points out of him every single game that he's out there playing big minutes. Shot attempts are always going to be anywhere between 15 and 20, and he's always good for a few ancillary stats, including plenty of steals, nine steals over the past three games, which... That's what we want to see. We just want to see him stuff in the stat sheet. Uh, but overall, as long as he's hitting 20 actual points, the rest will come. I'll get you that 40 DK points. So 8,240 wouldn't be a necessarily a home run hit, but it's exactly what we're looking for. With, we know he's always has the upside. Big scoring game can always happen with Jalen Brown where he gets you at 30 actual. And then all of a sudden you're counting cash at that point. Marcus Smart coming in at 6,300. Don't love it. Don't hate it. If I land on it, I'm not upset about it. But he's not somebody I'm going out of my way to play. And then for the rest of these front court options, I'm probably going to take a pass just because, I mean, these got it done in the last one, but it did so in only 17 minutes. Uh, I'm not going to trust he's going to put up a good game in 17 minutes again. 
and now with the price tag of 4200 it's it's not crazy high or anything like that but uh we need to feel concrete about him having a good game when you know you could spend the 3800 and get a guy like grant williams who's coming off of two back-to-back 30 minute games 32 in both those had one great one, had one solid one, but I'd rather take the discount and go with the guy that's getting the minutes. And then I'm probably going to avoid uh, Robert Williams altogether unless we hear that the restriction is going to be over 20. If he's playing 24 minutes, I'd feel good about that. Wouldn't mind it. I think he'd be a very contrarian option if you're looking for somebody to play in your tournaments. Uh, but if we don't have that news, I'm just going to avoid entirely. And then Al Horford's another person we're talking about over here. Uh, and it looked like he was in a different world. Uh, only played 28 minutes. Only took two shot attempts. If you're looking for a bounce-back game type of scenario, this is definitely it. I'm just worried about the type of role he's going to have with Robert Williams in that front court with him because we saw it throughout the regular season. 25, 28 DK points, stuff like that, and now he's all the way up to 6,200. Uh, we're going to need 30-plus from him in this one. So I, I don't feel confident in it, but if you're, again, tournaments, why not? Only have three games on. You're looking for somebody that can actually you know, bust open the slate with 35 to 40 at that price tag and also be low-owned. That would be your guy. For the Nets, Kevin Durant, 10K. No one knows what the hell is going on with this team. For him to play 46 minutes and only take 11 shot attempts makes absolutely no sense to me. He shot well from the floor. I just, I, I, it baffles me on how little he is shooting. Uh, but he's playing huge minutes. They're on the brink of el- elimination. They're favored in this game. They're on their home court. The big Kevin Durant, I, I mean, I must have said this every podcast. The big Kevin Durant game has to be coming. Uh, and this is the one I think I'm willing to take a stab at him with. At, at 10K, there's no way that he lets Bruce Brown shoot more shots. And I'm not granted. Bruce Brown played absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I won't take that away from him. He's been playing great all series. I'm not going to be chasing Bruce Brown games. I said that in the last one. I had to take it off the chin. I did not do well. But for Bruce Brown to be taking 19 shot attempts and Kevin Durant to be taking 11, it just has me wondering what the hell is going on with this team. I imagine they're going to write the ship, and the only, the only way they're going to ever win this series, which now already down, is with Kevin Durant. Uh, it's going to be on the back of Kevin Durant. Kyrie Irving obviously will have a big impact on this, but for Kyrie, I'd rather play James Harden in the next game, which we'll get to at a very similar price tag. But it's going to start and end with Kevin Durant. Uh, other options on this team, you heard me talk about Bruce Brown. Listen, if you've been playing him, keep playing him. I, I can't. I can't do it. I can't jump on the bandwagon and chase. I just don't feel right about it. It never feels good for me. Now, maybe that's a, a pride aspect of missing out in the past two 45 DK point games, he said, uh, and paying that price. But it's also Bruce Brown. I've seen Bruce Brown play plenty of times throughout my life at this point. And when just when you think that, you know, I, it's 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 going to it's going to happen. There's always those 12 or 13 point games that come in there. But again, I would not fault you one bit. This dude stuffs the stat sheets when things are hot and he's been cooking over the past five out of six games. He's had at least 43 DK points in all those. So maybe I'm the idiot, but I still don't think I'm chasing Bruce Brown. If he beats me, he beats me. I'll let it happen. I'd rather ride or die with a, you know, a guy named Kevin Durant, which just feels a little safer, obviously, with price tag difference matters. But let's go KD. We need a big one from him. And I'm not even a Nets fan or anything. I just want to see this series. I thought this series could be – I mean, the games have been fairly competitive, but I hoping it would go down to a seven-game series. Next game, Toronto Raptors traveling to Philadelphia. Taking on the Sixers. This game's coming in at a 209.5 game total, with the Sixers being favored by 7.5 points. Big news the monitor is going to be Fred Van Vliet. Strained his hip flexor. Did not return. Does not look good. Freddie's a gamer, but it's just uh, it's going to be tough. The 7.5 point spread has me thinking that he is most likely to sit. 
3-1 series right now. We just got to keep our eye on this one, though. This is going to be a big news that impacts the slate. We'll start off here with the Raptors. Fred VanVleet sits. Obviously, pretty much everybody in this starting lineup is going to get a bump. Uh, Scotty Barnes at 6K would become a fantastic play. We've seen plenty of points, Scotty, in the games that Freddie missed. And we were almost seeing like 35 to 40 DK points on a regular when that happened. So sign me up. He'd be one of my favorite plays. We'll get to that mid-tier segment. You'll definitely be hearing his name again. I don't mind Gary Trent Jr. just because simply shot attempts will be going around. Uh, between him, Siakam, OG, they'll both, all three get increased shot attempts just from Van Vliet sitting. Uh, but they're going to need to be able to kill this team from deep. And there's one person on this team that I feel super confident in being that, and it's Mr. Gary Trent Jr. So back-to-back games at least 36 DK points, 5,700. I'm good with him as well. Probably avoid OG at 67. I think I'd rather play Scotty. I'd rather play Trent when it's all said and done. And then even with Siakam, came out, coming off of a great game, 34 actual points. Playing big minutes, over 40 minutes a night at 9K. Again, wouldn't fault you one bit. But now we're teetering in that James Harden, Kyrie Irving range, and even pretty close to like Donovan Mitchell, um, Tatum. There's a lot of options in that name. So it really depends for me. If you're going to play Siakam, uh, you're probably going to want still one other Raptor on this team if Freddie sits, and then you're going to want to run it back with somebody on the other side of the ball. For me, though, like I said, Trent, Scotty Barnes, both my top targets. And then I also want to talk about Thad Young. Thad Young came out with a bang. After playing a combined 20 minutes in the first three games of the series, he came out and played 30 minutes in that last one. Freddie sits. It's only going to be more minutes for him. They're kind of going away from the traditional center and trying to beat this team with small ball, as we saw in that last one. Precious, he played, don't get me wrong, 24 minutes. And then Boucher got his, like, 18, 19 minutes as well. So these guys are certainly in play. I mean, but they can easily get away with playing Thad Young at multiple different positions. Now, if they are they going to start him is the real question, though. Because if they slide down Scotty Barnes, move OG down, they could easily play him, you know, at the four or five. It's up to them. But also, when they were doing stuff like that early in the season, they didn't have OG. So he may not even start. He might just continue to come off the bench. But Durst looks like he's going to give him a run. They won, game and then won, they won the game and then won game, if that makes any sense, uh, where they did give him big minutes. So I can see them going right back to the well here. So I'm interested. Uh, I'm going to proceed with caution, though. I'm not going to just lock him in as 100%. I still think he's a great value. I just don't think he's a sure lock. So if you're building multiple lineups, we can see what this team does. They might end up going big very quickly. Uh, play Boucher heavy minutes again or play Achua heavy minutes again. It can go between any three of these guys. I imagine that one of them sees about 25. Uh, another one sees close to 30. And then there's going to be somebody left on the outside looking in playing less than 20. Again, so if I had to rank these guys in order... It would probably be Thad Young, Boucher, Achua. Uh, that's probably the way I would attack this. And then Ken Birch, again, doesn't matter if he starts. We're not playing him. It's just that simple. Fool's gold. Don't fall for it. On the Philly side of things, I was all over Joel Embiid in the last one, and that did not turn out well. But luckily, it was a night that I was already getting torched by not having any Bruce Brown shares uh, and a lot of other things that went haywire for me. But down game for Embiid, 10-2. Sure, why not? I think I prefer Durant over him still, so I don't see myself landing on Embiid. Um, I don't know if I'll need to go center crazy like I did last time. That He was basically in a lot of my lineups out of just sheer necessity of not loving all the centers on the slate. I mean, listen, all these same teams are pretty much on the slate again, but I think I can make it work with some of these guys that have center eligibility. If you feel like you can't you know, trust the center options because you know, outside of basically Joel Embiid, I mean, you're looking at Siakam, Gobert, Maybe you're feeling frisky with, uh, you know, Claxton or something like that. 
But those are pretty much the only center options I'm, I'm really, you know, keeping in my player pool. So it's going to come down to see, uh, just simply construction. Up to you how you want to approach it. Uh, on the f other side of the Philly, um, we're looking at James Harden, 9,200. I already talked about him earlier. Uh, absolutely don't mind James Harden, 9,200. I mean, we, we would love to get 50 at that price tag. And he easily could. Uh, we've seen him do it in the first game of the series where he had a 14-dime game. He hasn't had a double-double uh, in that last one and still managed to put up 49 DK points. Dude's going to continue to get to the free throw line. Shooting hasn't been good all series long. He has one game where he shot more than 50% during the series. So I'm kind of ignoring the 38, and I'm thinking 40 to uh, 55 is probably what we're looking at in this case. And at 9,200, even if it gives you 40, it's not going to ruin you. Not too interested in anything else over here. Tobias Harris, 6,800 okay, solid, better forward options, I think, available on this slate. Uh, and in all those games where he's been getting these double-digit rebounds, we saw him beat in that last one get eight. I, I think that's kind of fool's gold, in my opinion. Uh, three straight games of double-digit rebounds. I'm not saying he can't do it, uh, but you're talking about a guy that's averaged seven rebounds on the season. Uh, and even with those three double-digit rebounding games, he's still averaging less than 10 going against this Toronto game throughout eight games this season. So, I'm not chasing those games. I'll let so I'll let I'll take that one off the chin. Bottom line, uh, and then Maxi 6600. No, thank you. I kind of hopped off him a while ago. Uh, James Harden will continue to be the force that drives this team next to Embiid. Yes, Maxi's a young and talented player, but we're not going to see those near triple double games or 38 actual scoring point games often. Uh, we're going to see more of what we've been seeing, which is an ancillary role, spot up shooter when he needs to be. We'll move on to the next game. No one really else out on this team. If you land on Danny Green, you're not happy about it, but you can live with it because you know he's going to play a decent role. Final game. Utah Jazz traveling to Dallas, taking on the Mavericks. Luka returned in that last one, but two 12-and-a-half game total. Mavs favored by two-and-a-half points in this one. Tim Hardaway Jr. has been rolled out. Frank Nittikalina is questionable. We'll start off here with Utah. Donovan Mitchell getting a little bit of a price and boost, price boost increase. Uh, he went from 87 to 8,800. Surely still worth it. I told you guys as long as he's less than 9K, I'll have interest in him. Three straight games of at least 45 DK points, uh, and then the first game of the series put up 52. So he's been absolutely torching this all season long. At least 21 shot attempts in all four games so far. Bottom line, the usage is just insane. It's, he's got a higher. He's going to be playing with a higher usage than James Harden, and he's cheaper. So I can see if you don't want to go with that way and you want to just ride with Donovan Mitchell. I think Donovan Mitchell's probably even a little bit safer at this point based on this usage. So I wouldn't fault you one bit. And then Rudy Gobert is coming in at 7,100. Over the past two games, Rudy Gobert has finally started to begin taking some shot attempts. Uh, eight in that last one, six. And it doesn't sound like it's a whole lot, but it is. The one thing I'm not really chasing or feeling comfortable chasing is the fact that he had 18 free throw attempts. Uh, he only knocked down nine of them, so he shot them at a 50% clip, below his season average. I just don't expect him to get to the line 18 times. That's uh, very abnormal from him. Uh, we see that maybe once every four or five games. I still love this price tag, though, at 7,100. That's the thing that's attracted me the most. Uh, despite some of his poor performances in this series already, he's still averaging 34.5 DK points in seven games against this team with 14 rebounds, about 12 points. I talked about it. If I'm not playing a bunch of centers, uh, he's got to be one of my top options. Simply, it's him. It's Embiid. Those are the two guys I'm really looking at and feel comfortable with. Outside of that, you know, you could play Siakam there, but I already mentioned I'm probably going to have a decent amount of Scotty Barnes if we see Ben Bleat sit. I'm going to have a decent amount of you know, Gary Trent Jr. I'll probably still have a decent amount of Siakam. But you're going to have to correlate your lineups, and that's the way it comes down to. So I'm probably not going to have too many lineups where I have both Mitchell and Gobert because 
then it's taking a lot of money out of my uh, out of my bankroll. I'm not going to be able to get some exposure to that Brooklyn game or maybe that Philly team or even Boston if that's the way you want to go. But it's really going to come down to construction. If I'm playing somebody like you know James Harden, I might pair them with Gobert. Uh, maybe I decide to spend up and I go with Joel Embiid and then I'm playing Donovan Mitchell. Obviously, at that point, you're not playing Kevin Durant. So you're going to have to make some choices. And right now, because I want to play Kevin Durant, I do think he is my favorite spend up on this slate. I will be having a decent amount of Rudy Gobert to man my center position. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, 4,700. I still like that price tag. I have no problem going back to the well there. He took the most shot attempts he has all season or series long with 16 in that last one. But despite that, at 4,700, he's paid off the salary in two out of the past four games. Uh, he was very effective, played big minutes. He actually basically cut into Conley's time greatly. Uh, Conley only played 24 minutes, and it's because he just wasn't effective. So they went with the more effective Clarkson, who had a nice shooting stroke that night, and I expect them to continue to do that if they need to. Now, that doesn't mean Conley's not going to play minutes. I can still see Conley playing 30 minutes, but this team just has no depth coming off the bench, and they need to Clarkson basically man that second unit and man it well. That's probably it. I haven't been big on Bogdanovich and playing him, but again, I wouldn't fault you if you wanted to go back there. 5,800, just a very contrarian play on most nights. And if Mitchell's not going to score, it's going to be him. On the other side of the ball, Luka Doncic coming in at 10-6. Put up 54 DK points in that last one. Dude's an absolute stud. They lost by one, but he looked great. He looked fine when he came back from that calf injury. Shot 52% from the floor. 10 boards, only 4 assists, so wasn't able to get his teammates involved all that much. Granted, there's not a lot of teammates to get involved to or even worth passing to at this point on this Mavericks team. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith coming in at 5,100. I think he's a guy that if I land on, I'm not upset about. I'm not going out of my way to play him. He's paid off that salary at 5X a few times right in this series. Solid job by him. But he's not really breaking the bank and getting much more than that. So I think the upside is extremely limited. Uh, the same thing goes for Reggie Bullock. If I land on him, I'm not upset. I'll probably continue to avoid Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie with Doncic back. And then the last guy that's probably worth mentioning would be Dwight Powell. Uh, at 3,500, there's worse you could do, but there's also better you can do. Uh, I don't know if we're gonna have, we're gonna need a dumpster dive that much. I talked about centers, like how I don't feel great about them. Uh, it's basically him and Cleaver chopping up the minutes at this point, and they're gonna go with whoever I guess is having the better game because we've seen Cleaver play 30 minutes, 26 plus, twice already this series. Uh, and then as far as Dwight Powell, it's pretty much been same, very similar, at least 22 minutes twice this series. So whoever has the hot hand is what they're going to go with, and neither one of them are offensive forces. I think Kleber has obviously probably a little bit more upside just because I can't imagine Dwight Powell being a quarter the size of Rudy Gobert having great games uh, uh, two nights in a row, I guess. Yeah, I'll call that my hunch, but just don't see it happening. And then that will bring us to our player tier segment after 18 minutes. So we'll go into our player tier segment. Kevin Durant, 10K, already talked about it. Listen, I'll go down with this ship. It's Kevin Durant. Kevin goddamn Durant. He's got to have another great game in this in him. Like in this series, they need him. Uh, and the fact that he's just playing a boatload of minutes. Like he's basically sitting six to seven minutes out of the game. If he's going to be playing that often, he should be falling into these ancillary stats. We finally started to see that tick up in the last game with eight boards and eight assists. Just 11 shot attempts. That's Listen, they, they, this team can lose getting eliminated from the playoffs if one of the greatest scorers of our generation takes 20, 25 shot attempts. They will not be able to sleep at night if knowing if he takes 10 or 11, and that's the reason they, they lose this series. So I'm going right back to the well with Kevin Durant there. If I have to give one more price up, this is where it gets tough because obviously we have to factor in line of construction and everything else. Uh, I talked about James Harden, how I do like him, but I'm actually leaning towards like a guy that's safety, safe uh, at 8,200 with Jalen Brown now. If I have the extra money to get to Mitchell, like, you know, point per dollar, they're very close. But Mitchell 
will outscore him by raw points at 8800 He's only $600 more, so if you have the extra money, I don't mind going there. And now it's a lot harder to get from Jalen Brown to James Harden. There's a $1,000 difference in there. So I do like Jalen Brown at 8200 but you heard me talk about a lot of guards. It's really going to come down to your construction and how you feel like you know you could build this and who you want to spend on and who you want to save on, things of that nature. For the mid-tier, talked about it. Scotty Barnes, 6K. Now, not as much into Scotty if Fred Van Vliet plays. If he sits, I'll be all over Scotty Barnes. Um, so I guess I'll give three just in case. You know, him and Gary Trent Jr. I think are great options only if we see our main man, Fred Van Vliet, sit. I think that Gary Trent is still in play even if Van Vliet plays. Uh, but Scotty, I don't think is in play if Fred Van Vliet plays. And then we'll go with Rudy Gobert at 7,100. We're getting a nice discount on Big Rudy here. Coming off of a great game. This is the cheapest he's been all playoffs. He went from 8K to 78 to 76 to 74. Now all the way down to 71. I'm ready to pounce on it. I talked about a few center options that I like, and there's not many of them. He's definitely going to fit the build as a guy that I can feel comfortable playing, who has enough upside and a high enough floor, no matter what, when it's all said and done. Great for cash game plays. And then now we'll get to our value, which, bottom line, there's not a whole lot under 5K. Jordan Clarkson at 4,700. I mentioned him. Uh, gives us a nice concrete floor, gives us a decent enough ceiling that we can feel comfortable with it. He scored at least 30 DK points in two out of the past five games. And then we're looking at three straight games of at least 21 DK points. So I can live with that at 4,700. He's got the upside. He's got the floor. I feel good about it. And then Thad Young at 37. Again, we're going to want to have to see some coach speak from Nick Nurse. But if I, if they go back to the, you know, the drawing board uh, and switch things up, I'd be shocked. I mean, they won their first game of the series when Thad Young played at least 30 minutes. Fred Van Vliet. I'm going to call him more doubtful than questionable, but what do I know? Um, Taking another guy who's playing close to 40 minutes out of the equation. Well, they are pretty much just sliding guys down a little bit. I anticipate another game where we see him play at least 20 to 25 minutes. So I don't mind going back to the well with Fred. Uh, I'm sorry, with Thad Young. And that brings us home. That wraps up everything. So that's the player tier segment. I appreciate you all for listening. You can follow me on Twitter. At Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Give us a thumbs up, five-star rate and review. Wherever you are listening to this, if you're a DFS baseball fan, don't forget to check out our podcast over there as well. Uh, I do not have – you don't want my advice for baseball, but we got some peeps here that do know what they're doing, so make sure you check them out, guys. Uh, you can actually mostly find it in the exact same spot you can find this podcast, just labeled MLB. Make sure you give us a thumbs up, five-star, though. Greatly appreciated. We'll be back tomorrow. It will be Santino. It will be DJ Sammy Caps. They'll be crushing that Tuesday slate for you guys. As always, appreciate you. Take care. And uh, with some money. Later. <laughs>